So we have a very special guest today to talk to us. We have Tanya Ehat. She hello. is the uh, hello. She's the winner of the uh, 2017 Zwift Academy. Welcome, Tanya. Hello. <laughs> So everyone on Facebook and Discord, YouTube, Twitch, please type in your questions, comments. I'm happy to bring those in to the stream. And just really excited, Tanya, I mean, you, you, the announcement just came out uh, last Wednesday. So this yeah. probably has been a very busy couple of days for you. Yes, that's true. I mean, I'm not used to giving interviews and um, doing all this pro stuff, I guess. <laughs> um, so, so that was, everything was quite new. And I, I did a track race on, on Saturday, so I, I wasn't even at home and uh, had to do all that with my phone. But yeah, I, I feel like I'm getting used to it a little bit at least. Yes, I can imagine. Uh, so, and I saw too that there are quite a few magazines that published the news, Cycling News, the Bicycle Magazine, and some others. Yeah. And then, of course, the announcement from Canyon Shrimp. So congratulations, first of all. It is an amazing achievement. I mean, you signed up along with over 2,000 women who signed up for Zwift Academy. So yes. to be the winner is a great achievement. Yeah. So tell yeah, me, I, I, maybe, go ahead. I never expected it to, to, that I could make it to the win, but it's just like the process went on and on. And I, then it was like the semifinals. I was super happy to finally get my own indoor trainer. Then I suddenly, it was like, okay, you're in the finals. And I knew, okay, I'm going to join a training camp, even though it's, just in Germany, so I stay at home. Um, uh, and then suddenly there was the announcement and I was told I'm the winner. So that was, I, and it still feels a little bit untrue, unreal, <laughs> unbelievable. Right, right, yeah. And and so a little bit of background for those of you um, who don't know Tanya. Tanya just finished her um, degree in medicine, literally, right, a few weeks ago. Yes, it was um, sort of bad timing. Um, I mean, it's good timing now because I'm just like, I'm finished. I do not have to quit a job or anything. Um, but I had my final exam uh, right in between the semifinals. The semifinals were from the 1st to the 14th of November. And I had my final exam on the 7th and 8th. 8th. So it was two stressful weeks, really. Wow, I can imagine. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure from... Uh from the exam and then having the uh, Zwift Academy going on. Wow. Yes, and you you want to do well in both because on the one hand you have your like your six years of studying uh, and uh, you want to pass the, the exam and want to do, do well. And on the other hand, you have that big chance of making it to the Zwift Academy finals and you want to do well there too. So yeah, it was hard to um, get your priorities straight. Mm -hmm. Well, you did both. Great. So, uh, and then, so maybe, and, and, and I'm really excited to hear about how you got into Zwift and the Academy and 
the story about the trainer. Uh, but why don't we start a little bit earlier than that in a timeline? A little bit of history um, of you as an athlete. So I understand that you have a background in triathlon. You've been doing triathlons for many, many, many years. Did you start yes. early? Did you start in your teens? I'm sorry? Did you start doing triathlons early on, around when you were maybe 15 years old? Was oh, it super I was early? I was 11 Oh, wow. Yes, it was quite early. But my, my dad always wanted to get my sister and me in a, in a sport. And um, we, tried, we were trying a lot, like um, athletics and karate and everything. And then we just like stuck on triathlon because we just like the team and we just like the sports. And my, my parents always used to um, ride their bikes. And uh, so that kind of fitted. And um, yeah, then I, I, I really stuck on triathlon. So you pretty much grew up doing sports and, and triathlons. And did you race? Um, did you compete as a triathlete? Yes, I, yes, I started racing qu quite early too. Mm -hmm. so I was just like um, a half year of, of training and then I did my first um, small races as you do it as a chi child or like a teen. Um, and uh, yeah, then I developed further and further and um, started to race uh, the German National League and um, started to do middle distance races. Amazing. Yeah. And did you did you work with a coach for travel? Um, the first time I started to work with a coach was 2014, and um, so I did. I, I for a long time I did. I only did like training that I thought was good for me, um, and then I yeah. As I said, I processed further and further, and I thought maybe it's better to just like, um, yeah, having somebody telling me what I should do or what is good, especially because um, besides the um, the studying, it was, yeah, I was short in time. So I thought it's maybe better if somebody really, um, yeah, sorts your tra yes. training out and, and tells you how you can, in a fast time, can get good. and. Um, that's when I started, but I, I finished doing that in 2015 because I had like, I had like a little bit of motivation issues um, because it was lo a lot of pressure in studying and um, some pressure in the sports and both of it just came, became too much. And um, so I got myself a little bit out of the sports and uh, gained energy back and um, started again with the trainer uh, in, or with the coach in uh, 2016 then. And that's my, still my coach. Uh, he's called Utz Brenner, and he's normally doing uh, a triathlon or triathletes. Uh, but he said that he's going to switch to cycling with me and, um, yeah, give it a go. And I can see how um, it's helpful. it was helpful to have somebody to coach you through your schedule to make it all sort of fit in and also take the pressure out of you having to think about what you had to do, how much, etc. On uh, in terms of training, so then yeah, exactly. how was the how was the transition between triathlon and cycling? How did that happen, or why did that happen? Uh, it happened because I had a, a leg injury. Um, I don't know what it what it was. I don't know now until now uh, what it was, but I had 
problems with the running. And um, at the end, I could like run 200 meters without pain. So um, the competitions weren't possible anymore because I had to run 21K um, and I couldn't, couldn't train anymore. So um, I decided to um, give cycling a go since it's always been my, like my best or strongest discipline. And I really loved racing my bike. So I um, started in fixed gear racing because a friend of mine told me that maybe this would work out good for me. Oh, fixed gear racing. Interesting. And <laughs> yeah. I, have a I have a question here from Andy, um, just, just on the topic of uh, having the coach who's going to transition with you. Is this something that Kenyon Schramm is okay with? So in other words, they, uh, they're accommodating if you want to bring your own coach or do they want you to use their own coach? Do you know? Um, it's like Kenyon Schramm is working, like we have like our sports director, but he's like the supervisor and every one of the girls has, has their own, own coach. Um, ah, and yeah. so they were totally okay with me staying with my coach since he knows me. And I think trust is a big, big thing with your with your coach. Mm -hmm. And um, I really trust him. I know that he wants me to do or to, to, to be the best rider I can be. And it's not like he never did um, or never coached cycling cyclists. He did that before he, he switched totally to triathlon. And so he's he knows what he does. And um, the the sports director is just in contact with my coach and they're they're doing it together, sort of. It's like a triangle. Sure. Right word. Yeah, and I have no doubts of that. I mean, look at the results, right, uh, with you. So I'm sure he's outstanding. Um, and <laughs> so then when when we're talking about the uh, the bike and the fixed gear and uh, transitioning into that, so which year was that? Was that 2015, 16? Um, it was the end of 2016. I did my first fixed gear race um, in, in September. Oh, now I hear myself. Sorry. Oh, should be good now. Okay. Uh, um, there's some sound. Sorry. No, it's, no, it's off. Um, yeah, I did my first uh, fixed gear race in uh, September 2016. Um, and uh, then I, I started right into the to a whole fixed gear season with the, the whole retro crits. I don't know if you know that this um, it's like a fi fixed gear um, sort of world champion tips uh, with four races all around the globe in the uh, first race in, in Brooklyn, second race in London, third race in Barcelona and the last race in Milan. Um, so I did that and a lot of racing in the Netherlands and some fixed gear pits in Germany. Sounds exciting. And and yes. then how did Zwift Academy come in in your life? Was this something that came uh, into your radar in 2016 or just this year? Yes, yes I, I heard about it like a, um, uh, an ex-teammate of me told me about the academy because she, know, she knew that I was, I mean, I was really, uh, yeah, sad about my, my, my leg injury and not being able to compete in the sport that I love so much anymore. Um, and then she heard about about uh, the Swift Academy and thought that this might be like a good pusher for me. 
uh, and maybe a chance to to give it a go in cycling. And um, when she told me about it in 2016, it was already too late to enroll. So I thought that um, I could maybe try in 2017. So it was like my my end of the season goal to to go for the Swift Academy. So did you then, once you decided you were going to do that in 2017, did you specifically train for it? No, um, I. I mean, I I got the Swift account like I think two months or three months earlier to do at least some some um, Swifting. So I'm I'm used to that, but I never ha had an, my own uh, indoor trainer. So I had to borrow one of a friend for the Swift Academy. So I did, didn't do a lot of indoor training at that time. And since I had like a yeah, I, I did like one or two races every weekend. So I had like a tough schedule. Um, so I, I couldn't really concentrate on the Swift Academy as a as a goal. But I thought that if I'm fit in the end of the season, I should I should do well. And yeah, I, yeah. Right, because then at the end of your season, you had built all that fitness, right? You had uh, done all your training for the season, so you were probably yeah. a peak performance at that point. So then, what you did, you carried that forward into the academy. Yeah, exactly. That's what I. That's what I did. It was just like um, one of my best retro crits in Barcelona, where I could achieve a podium, uh, was like right at the start of the like first round of the Swift Academy, and then uh, it carried on till the last retro crit in Milan. Um, and after that, um, yeah, I did the last race in Milan, and um, then w that was just like two weeks until the semifinals came up. So I just oh, wow. had to yeah carry carry through and, and just like. Stay, stay fit and um, yeah. Good thing you had a coach then helping you with that because yeah, to be able to be at your peak performance for so long without fatiguing, without overtraining. So uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, ex exactly. It was really, this was really helpful, especially because I started my first race in January. So it was like, and I did my last race like this weekend. So it was like nearly a 12, 12 month of, of a season. And um, yeah, besides that, I just like, yeah, I had, had like a full-time job and I worked in four, four different hospitals and had to move like three times because it's just like how the how the studying works in, in Germany. So we have to switch between the hospitals. And um, so it was like a tough year. And um, I'm oh. really glad that my coach just helped me um, to, to get through it and not to to tire. Sure. And I have a comment coming here through Facebook um, from Willemgen saying that you're amazing as uh, um, his father always told him that he wasn't going to be able to combine cycling with his medical studies. So he's also a medical student, I guess, or a doctor since it was too hard with the night shifts, just like you said. So, yeah. And uh, so now, you know, his question is, so you're going to become a obviously full-time pro cyclist and then yes. eventually I guess get back to being a doctor is that the plan or is that too early to say um I think yeah I, I just like I have to to look how the first year of pro cycling will work out maybe I'm I I will see that I'm not good enough maybe I'll see that I do not like it I mean it could 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 happen that I just like don't like to be 
that far away from home for for a long time because I, I move into Spain or that I do not like the traveling or that I do not like the pressure. I, I, I don't know um, because yes. I never did it. So yeah. I, don't, right. I have to see how all this works out. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it and I think I'm going to love it, but I'm not sure about it. Um, and sure. So it kind of depends on, on how the first year works. And as we saw and Leah, uh, she got her contract um, for 2018 again. So I have no like like time limit now. I just I just saw it like a, as a last chance of um, getting into pro cycling, and if it wouldn't have worked out, so I wouldn't work uh, have have won the, the academy, I would have started working in, in January, I guess. Um, <laughs> but now I just give me like this one year contract and see how all this works, and then I'll yeah just like re-evaluate it. And that makes see, perfect okay. sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And so, did you ever have anyone approach you uh, during your races, your crits? Any pro teams approach you to say, "Oh my gosh, you're such a talent. Are you interested in joining a team?" Uh, well, yes. It's in the like in the end of the no no you, no um, road racing um, team, but like the. The fixed gear scene is growing bigger and bigger, and I had a few teams asking me after the season or within the season um, of joining them. But I'm like in a, I'm in a small team um, of my ta or the town where I in, live now. It's like the team of my boyfriend, so we're just like four races, and I, I think I I would have stayed with them because it's just like, I love these people and it's really fun to race with them and. Um, yeah, I mean, you never earn money with it. It's just like, I'm happy if I have a fixed gear bike that I can ride on. And this works out with the small team too. And since I love the people, um, I would have stayed with them. Sure. Awesome, well, thanks for that answer. And then going back to um, your trainer that you borrowed from your friend, and when you started Zwift Academy, so, you were training mostly outdoors. You started Zwifting perhaps two, three months before the start of the academy. So you could get used to indoor riding and training and Zwift itself. So how how were the workouts? How did you, because I guess you've been then doing all your workouts outdoors, right? Until that point? Yes. That's true. Um, so how, was, how, yeah. Yeah, they were quite challenging. So, I, I mean... It was like the first. I'm not sure if you know, like what the what the uh, workouts were like. You had to do like 15 workouts in the first um, round, and it was like five group rides. So that was that was easy. That was good. Um, two races, um, and since I never did a swift race before, I was uh, really surprised how hard I can push myself in my little room on my uh, bike <laughs> indoors. Um, so that was great, um, and I really loved the racing. Um, and then we had like, now I have to, I, I think seven, seven workouts. Then it, it was, um, or eight, uh, and they were quite, quite challenging. I really, I think that was like one of the toughest workouts that I ever did in my life. I can say. So um, some of them were were okay, and some of them were really, really challenging. But I. I like I like to challenge myself, so that was that was quite nice, and I had the feeling that 
throughout the Swift Academy, I became even fitter than I've been throughout the year, and I have not been unfit. So that was really cool. Sure. Yeah, so um, I uh, am familiar with the workouts that were in the Academy, at least in the uh, first round, and yeah. they were very hard. And there was a, uh, a Facebook group for Zwift Academy, and uh, <laughs> if you read all the messages, you know, about what people thought of the workouts, everybody had the same comments. Everybody yeah. had the same opinion on how hard they were. And there was a lot of discussions about, oh, I, maybe I didn't get my stars in the workout. And uh, a lot of people were worried about that. Did you worry about stars at all? Yeah, I like you, you never have like um, an idea of where you stand right now. So I... I wasn't sure, do I have to get all the stars? Do I only have to push high numbers? So I worried a lot. I did a lot of Strava stalking at that time, uh, <laughs> watching how the, how the other girls do. Um, I talked a lot to, to the, the friend of mine who borrowed me the trainers and to my boyfriend. Um, and I was just like, I was worrying a lot because I want to do well. Um, so I really understand it. And there was this one um, workout. It was, I think it was called um, race prep race prep workout <laughs> and you had like to push uh into sprints i think about the 24 the, the 24 sprints at the end yes that was it and i was just like that's i held it until the end because i was so afraid of that workout that was that was just like it was the worst but in the end I, when i did it i was so super happy that was perfect <laughs> that was workout number five that's, I know it's the number because, again, there was a lot of discussion about that workout with the sprints at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and now I, I think that I, they only wanted to, to see if you're, you're, um, you're mentally can do it. Like if you're, yeah, I just, I think they weren't looking at the numbers, but just like going mentally through the 40 time of, uh, 24 ti uh, four times of sprinting. I guess. That's just what I guess. I don't know it. Well, then you advanced. You got uh, the kicker, which I guess was, was it much different than the trainer that you had borrowed? Uh, yes, it was totally different because I had borrowed like an, an old one where you can just like <clears throat> handle the, um, resistance. Uh, the level of resistance with like that bar thing in your hand. So it was like yeah. really an old one. Um, and suddenly I had that, that great kicker. Um, and I, I first had some technical issues because, because it's just like tough setting all this up. Um, but as soon as it worked out, it was just like, it was silent. Uh, it was smooth. I had an, uh, ERG mode, so that was perfect. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then, so tell us about the camp in Germany. How was the camp in, in, like overall when you got there? What are some of the things that you did at the camp? And how, well, how long was the camp? I guess it's the first question. Um, it was five days, I guess. Yes, five days. Um, for me, it was no long traveling. Uh, for the other girls, it was different. I think Bree, the girl from Seattle, she had like a nine hour flight. And um, Siri, the girl from Norway, she had a flight about three hours. Um, and I just stepped on the train for like two and a half hours. So um, and I'm, I'm a little bit common with the area around there because 
it's just in between where I live now and where my parents live. So I always, when I, when I ride home with the train, I just like ride through the area. And um, yeah, we started on the first day, like a little bit easy, just like getting to know the girls. Um, they were, um, they were at SRAM in Schweinfurt, that's in Germany too. And they were coming, coming late to the hotel, like at, I think two o'clock. So we were already there for a few hours. And just like, yeah, I mean, for, in, at first, it's just like everything is overwhelming because until the point when you come to the camp, you still do not really believe that this is happening and this is real. And then suddenly you get to know all these people that you only know from Instagram and um, from watching races. So the first day was just, for me, just overwhelming. And I feel, felt very, a little bit scared, uh, a little bit stressed out, I guess. Um, yeah, and then it became like more comfortable with every day and with getting to know the girls better. Mm -hmm. and, so what um, kind of, tell us about the yeah. rides that you guys did. Yeah, we did some mountain bike race, uh, riding. That was what, what uh, scared me the most because I'm not used to uh, riding a mountain bike. I never had one. And um, just like when I visited my parents, I could like borrow the one from my mom. Um, so it was like I was riding mountain bike for maybe 10 to 15 times times in my life. And suddenly you know that you have to ride with a former world champion <laughs> in mountain biking. So that was uh, that was scaring. But um, yeah, after being like the first 20 minutes on the bike, it felt felt good. The girls were supportive. It was just just nice and um, not as cold as road racing because we had snow in uh, in Koblenz uh, where we stayed in Germany. So I think road racing would have been uh, or road cycling uh, would have been, uh, yeah, not a good decision. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you then during camp in Germany, you didn't do anything on the road? Uh, we did on the last day. Um, that was like um, a sort of a tactical um, challenge that we had to do. We had to do a lead out um, and then change the roles um, and where the sprinter. So first I had to do a lead out for Tiffany. And um, in the second round, Hannah Barnes did a lead out for me. And they wanted just like to see how you, you work in the peloton, how you um, react on attacks. Um, and how you can just like, um, yeah, um, trust your, your teammate doing the lead out for you or how you can uh, work for your teammate that you do the lead out for. Yeah. And, and, uh, I read in the, uh, Canyon Shram press release that they were very impressed by your performance on that specific, uh, lead out. So I'm sure it yeah, was, well, yeah. yeah, they told me. Um, yeah, it was like, I, I was, I was really scared of, of that challenge because I, in the fixed gear racing and in the other races, I've always been the only girl. I had like, I, I've always been on teams with only boys. So I've never been a team racer. I only had to race for my own position. So I wasn't uh -huh. sure if I can do, do that for like, or I, am I doing good in it? And, um, Interesting. but it worked out, it worked out very good because like, Tiffany and I, we talked a lot before we started. I mean, you were able to just like, yeah, talk. So I, I um, yeah, we, we made a plan and um, that it, it just worked out very well. I think communication is uh, a good thing in that, that 
that uh, lead out lead out of tactical stuff. So it worked out better than I than I imagined. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So overall, very positive experience, right? From what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, totally. It was super fun. I mean, sure, it was like intimidating in the first uh, for uh, the first two days, and it, you 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 go like into a group. Everybody knows. Um, everybody very very well, and they're just like a sm small team, um, and very familiar with with themselves. And suddenly you come come in there, and um, it's like every first day in a hospital that I that I uh, got to know. Like you feel strange at first, mm -hmm. and uh, then it's just getting natural and it's just getting normal. And I mean the girls are great, so um, yeah. Right. In the end, it just. Felt, felt really good. So tr throughout the process for Zwift Academy, what were the biggest challenges for you? Um, and you t I, I think, think you told us one of them already, which was balancing, yeah. right? The race school. Yeah. Yeah. The, race the race prep session was, was tough, the, the one with the two, 24 uh, sprints. Um, and yeah, like just like my, doing my, my schedule, just like um, setting priorities, and um, yeah, I mean, throughout the first uh, round, I, I, I still worked out, uh, I still worked full time, so it was just like hard to to have, yeah, this this um, the time timeline to have done this and that workout until that day. Um, so th I guess that was the most challenging thing for me about the academy, and. Um, yeah, the semifinals for me uh, were tough because of the exam, and uh, yeah, I become became, became ill right before the exam, so I wasn't sure if I'm able to um, to do the workouts um, because I, yeah, I I'm since I'm a doctor now, <laughs> I know that it's not not good to uh, do tough workouts if you're ill, and um, yeah, so I I wouldn't risk anything. Uh, even though it's a big chance, but I think your health is more important. So I, I wasn't sure if I can, can uh, make the workouts if I'm not becoming healthy throughout the, the time. Sure. How about doing the camp? Was there anything that was stressful in terms of the training itself or the camp itself? Or did you have any any moments or any time that you thought, oh gosh, this is uh, not going to happen or... Um, this is too hard. Any anything like that? Yeah. Well, the most stressful part for me in the camp uh, was the go kart. Uh, we went uh, for a go kart ride or race, and um, that was like one of the worst experiences of my life because I I'm not a good car driver. Uh, I have to admit that. And um, racing this go kart very fast around the, the course, it was just like, I never felt comfortable, I only felt scared. And then uh, Matt from GCN, Matt Stevens, he even mm -hmm. broke his rib because he crashed. So I was really afraid, so that was like the worst part of, of the camp for me. It should have been fun, but if you do not like motor racing, I think it's not fun at all. Right. Um, yeah, oh, wow. and as I said, like, the, the tactical the tactical challenge that was that was scary because I 
I wasn't sure if I can do it well. So that was mm -hmm. scary. And um, yeah, the swift race, because I knew that uh, Siri is quite um, familiar with swift racing. And Bree, Bree and I, we were just like racing the two races we had to do for the Swift Academy. So I wasn't, I wasn't sure how the Swift race uh, works out for, for us three. Did you, did you uh, finish on a podium in the Swift race, the, one that, the ones that you did? I'm not sure because I didn't uh, look on the Swift power uh, okay. result. That was just curiosity. Um, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, it was just like, that was like a point that was, um, a really, I mean, it can have happen in every race, but I had some issues. I, right from the start, I could, uh, set myself into the lead group and then I suddenly had a dropout and my watts went down to zero and I lost the contact to the lead group. And, um, I thought maybe I can get them back, but I couldn't because I, I already lost like 15 seconds, uh, till my power meter. Um, re, re adopted again to the Swift. And, um, yeah, at that point I thought, shit, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't work out. But, um, yeah, in the end it, it still, still worked out. And <clears throat> in the end they told me that they really liked my behavior at that point because this is something that can happen in a normal race too. You can crash, you can have a flat tire, you can have any other issue. And you just have to keep on riding. And uh, they liked that I I didn't think or say anything. I just kept on riding. So, right. Um, yeah. I think yeah, in the end just that, like picked up and kept going. Yeah. And in the end, that issue that I had was just like a good thing for me because they saw that I'm, I just go on. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. You know, it's all, it's all about the attitude. Um, and because it's it's obviously not only about bike handling skills and being strong on the bike, it's also having the uh, personality. It's also having the uh, you know the behaviors that would make it for a well-rounded racer. So obviously, you seem to have all of those. Um, I hope so. <laughs> So if, if you were assessing yourself, what would you say is your strength as a cyclist and your weakness as a cyclist? I think my strength as a cyclist is that I can really uh, pace myself well. I, uh, I think that's a, a thing that I learned from triathlon, um, how hard I can, can, can go from the front and still keep the keep the pace till the end um and i think a weakness um is my descending i'm uh i crashed uh heavy when i was 16 years old uh in a descending and since that i am i'm quite scared uh it's getting better and it's getting better with fixed gear racing because i'm just like feeling more comfy in corners and um, on a high speed uh, but that's like a, a big weakness, and um, I think I uh, should lose some weight for for the climbing because I'm I'm not like a skinny person. I'm more like, if we can say it positive, I'm more like a strong rider. Um, uh, but I think I I should lose some weight for for the climbing part. 
I think the climbing and the descending is my, my, my weakness, yes. Okay. Well, you have plenty of opportunities about descending. And I remember when we had a chat and chill here with Leah a couple of weeks ago, and she was telling us about the descents so hard because they're so fast. You're close to others. You're going at 45, 50 miles per hour or more. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, I don't think I've ever yeah. done more than 35 miles an hour or 40. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure because I don't think in miles, but... Um, oh, sure, kilometers, yeah. Yeah, but it sounds fast. <laughs> right. And uh, so the... Um, and so you mentioned that you know, now that you're a doctor and also a racer and you've been an athlete for so long, what is your, let's say, just give us an overview of what you like to eat on a bike. Some examples of food that foods that you eat that's, and what you drink a, on the bike. Yeah, that's another weakness on the bike. <laughs> I, um, I do barely eat when I cycle. My, my coach hates me for that. Um, and I have to change it, I know. But it's like, if I ride my bike, I am i don't feel hungry and I don't feel thirsty. And I always take like a bottle of water with me. Um, and then I come, came, come home with a bottle of full of water because I, I just, I forget about drinking, I forget about eating. Um, so I, yeah, I need a reminder for that. My boyfriend, if I ride with my boyfriend, he always tells me, uh, drink something, drink something, and then I do it. But normally, I, yeah, I do not eat, and I do not drink a lot on the bike. But I should change it. It's not good. <laughs> Don't do it like me. No. Um, well, that but it, that tells me though that it's a lot of you know it's, it's uh, really mental, right? It's your mental focus and and strength that's there for you. It's not you know because I think so many people, especially. Um, master racers have this worry about everything and oh how what's the ratio of the carb to protein that I have to do and this and how many grams an hour and all of those things so uh, wow it's amazing that that uh, you race and and you do all of those things with and without even thinking about what you have to drink or eat um, how about long what? long events have you yeah, in in, in racing, yeah, in, in racing it's a little bit different. Like that, that was just like my training style of of, of eating. But in racing, it's different. Like I'm as a tri triathlete, I used to um, I used to do middle distance races. So it's 19 kilometers of of cycling and uh, 21 kilometers of of running. I don't know the miles. Sorry, and um, I used to eat a gel every 30 minutes um, on the bike and I took two gels with me for the run um, and after the first races I recognized that I had like stomach issues because, because of all this gel um, so I switched to every half an hour a gel and the next half an hour half, half of a bar um, and that worked out perfect for me and I, um, yeah, and I drank some coke um, on the run so that was how I nutrated myself during a, a middle distance triathlon. And uh, in cycling, um, I only did 
like the longest race I did was a 180k uh, time trial in a in a relay for an Ironman, um, and that there I did it like the same. Um, I did a gel every half an hour, but I recognized that uh, that was too too little or too less, uh, and I I started um, to go for every 20 minutes. Um, yeah, so that's how I do it in racing, and in fixed gear races because they're just so short. I mean, it's like 40 minutes of racing. Yeah. I just take um, a gel half an hour before starting. Um, yeah, and that's, that works out well for me. And you can't, in, in fixed gear racing, you do not have a, a bottle cage, so you can't drink anyhow. So, yeah. Ah, oh, right. Makes sense, yeah. Yes. How about for recovery? What do you do to recover from the stress of all that heavy training? Yeah. What are some of your favorite things to do? Again, a big weakness of mine. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to concentrate more on that part because, um, I mean, as a, yeah, a lot of you will know, um, it's just like tough to, to work out and to do recovery stuff. If you have like a full schedule of, um, yeah, working full time, maybe, maybe kids or family. Um, so, yeah, I think my recovery was most of the time, like the time I spent with my boyfriend, maybe like, yeah, uh, watching Netflix and just like putting the legs up. But yeah, I never, um, never did something like yoga or a lot of, uh, leg rolling or something because it was just like, yeah, not that much time. So I was happy that I put my training into my schedule and, um, yeah, did not that much about recovery. But I, mm-hmm. I will change that in the next year. <laughs> How about cross training? Because you, of course, have a triathlon background, now only cycling. Do you keep doing anything else off the bike in terms of training? Yeah, yeah. This is this is a point that I do. I uh, in winter I go a lot to the gym uh, doing some some strength training, um, also with the yeah like squats with the weights. Um, and, and, uh, sorry, just like the, the gym, I never talked about a gym in English. So, uh, oh, that's a, well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. The squats and, yeah. and just uh, weightlifting, right? Yeah, exactly. And, um, uh, throughout the whole year, throughout the whole season, I'm doing like core, core training. I guess that's the word for it. Um, yeah, just like maybe two, two or three times every week. Mm-hmm. And um, and I used or I still I still kept kept on uh, swimming in the winter, so I think that was that was good. I I just yeah did like two times uh, of swimming uh, every week, so that was kind of my core session too. Right. I uh, I told this group here in this right before how when I started doing core every day, my life yeah. changed. On the bike yes. and off the bike. So, yes. and uh, I run the, um, along with other coaches, along the, I run the endurance lab. Um, and core is one of the things that I prescribe for all the athletes because it's uh, really important. Um, it really is. And especially just like to prevent yourself from injuries. It's like a, a big thing. Yeah. You should really do that. 
even though your schedule is cool. Core sessions. Right. Very, yeah, that's true. It be, becomes a habit, yeah. Um, yeah, I think so let's just need to get used to it. Yeah, just like to, to get it in your, your daily life. Because it's just like, I mean, 15 minutes um, are okay. I mean, you do not have to do like a one-hour core session or something. Right. If you do like right. 15 minutes and maybe more often, it will work out. And you can do it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just like I'm setting up my Netflix and it's just like starting a core session. So it's just like you can you can combine a little bit of like easy uh, timing for you or like listen to music and uh, still work on your body and body strength. That's, That's right. I think yeah. Great. Instead of just sitting there. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So Tanya, let's talk about a little bit of what 2018 might bring for you. I have a couple of yeah. questions that came through here. Do you know what you or actually before we talk the, about the events, there's this one interesting question from Andy. What do you think your role in the team is going to be? Good question. I am asking myself this question too because I'm not not sure right now. Um, I've told in the I was told in the training camp that I have um, yeah I'm I'm quite a sprinter. So um, as I know that there is kind of a gap in the team for a sprinter, it might be that my position, but I'm not sure about that. Um, but I think I would feel very comfortable just like being the domestique of the team, just like, as I said, controlling the pace from the front and just like working for my teammates. I would be like totally happy with that position. Um, I'm just doing like lead outs because I think I have like a strong last kilometer. Even though I'm super tired, I can I can always push hard on the last K. So I think I'm perfect for leading out a teammate. Um, and I think I'm good for controlling the pace throughout the race. Don't know if I am in a UCI race, but <laughs> that's what it, what it used to be in, in the last races I did. Um, so yeah, I guess like being a domestique and just like um, working for my teammates would be a position that I would feel very comfortable and good with. Okay. So speaking then of your races in 18, do you have any idea about some of the races you're going to be doing? Um, I have, I have like, um, I have like um, a schedule already, but the final schedule will be set up after the next team camp. Um, so that where they can see how I developed in like the two months and um, where my, my strengths are. Um, so it just like, I'm doing some, some races, some preparation races in Belgium with Leah together. That, that's what I, what I already know. Um, and yeah, the schedule says uh, Tour of California and things like uh, Tour of Yorkshire and um, Route de France. So a lot of races that I really look forward to. <laughs> And I think I'm going to travel a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and you probably talked to Leah quite a bit about this. And, and that's the other great thing about being the second Zwift Academy racer to come into the Peloton. Because you have Leah there who just had finished her first year. And she can be such a great mentor for you. Yes. I'm so, I'm so happy to have Leah. Because first of all, she's she's a great person. I mean, she's so hilarious. She's just like 
She's yeah. like easygoing. She's funny. She's really supportive. And it was right before, um, or when we got to know that we we're in the semifinals, just Leah started to contact us and telling us um, how everything's feeling and what we might might feel throughout the the weeks uh, of the semifinals and the finals. And she was just like, yeah, very supportive, like from from the first moment on. And um, yeah, I think she's gonna be my roommate in Girona, so I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm I'm happy that I'm not the first uh, Swift Academy girl on the team, but I have Leah beside me. And I was I was so happy when I heard that her contract is um, going further into 2018, because I yeah I was really happy to get get to know her. And um, we have like we we do not have the same background, but we talked about the injuries and the running. Um, and it's just like the same. I mean, she used to run and she couldn't anymore because of her injury. So she switched to cycling and it's kind of the same with me. So um, that's something we have in common. And um, yeah, and now our Swift Academy win. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So if anyone on Discord has any other questions, we still have about 10 minutes left here. Or Facebook, type those in. So, Tanya, what's your favorite type of workout? My favorite type of workout? Ooh, good question. <laughs> um, I really like to go to the gym, um, but workouts on the bike, I think um, I love long, uh, long rides in the winter, like not in the winter, because of the cold, but um, just like uh, going easy for like a four hour ride with good friends, maybe a coffee break. I really love that. I think it's it, it's great. Just like, because it's it's what I love about cycling, just like the calm, the calm and relax your head a little bit. And I think that that's something that you can do good if you're just like doing an, an easy ride about some hours. I really like sure. it. But on the other hand, I like this. Yeah. On the other hand, I just really like to challenge myself and I really like to, yeah, I, I like one minute efforts um, because it's hard. Like after 40 seconds, it, it becomes really hard. But then, you know, it's just like, okay, I just have to keep the pace for 20 more seconds. Um, and then you can you can relax again. So um, I think one minute efforts or two minute efforts. Um, yeah, I really like to. And how about indoors versus outdoors training sessions? Which one do you prefer? Um, depends on the weather outside. I I think um, right now uh, indoor because it's just um, I do not like it. Or I do not like riding that much when it's colder than five degrees um, mm -hmm. Celsius. Um, but, it's about yeah, about uh, forty Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, and um, especially not if it's raining or snowing. Um, so right now I prefer swifting and I prefer indoor rides, and that's what I did the last weeks. I 
was barely outside, only in the training camp, I guess. Um, um, in summer, outside, totally outside. I prefer, yeah, just like, I mean, that's, that's the point why I love cycling, just like get into nature. The only problem mm-hmm. is that I don't know how it, how it is in, in, uh, yeah, wherever you're from. But in Germany, sometimes the car drivers are very aggressive towards um, cyclists, and especially because the place where I live um, is sur- like it's, it's surrounded by by cities. It's just like city to city to city to city. Um, so if you cross like the border of one city, you already get to the next. And um, sometimes that's tough <clears throat> because the car drivers are just very aggressive, at passing you very close. And um, yeah, in in the um start of the year a friend of mine um got killed in a in an accident oh um in sorry. training camp really thank you and um that's just like when you start to realize how um how yeah um dangerous it it is to go uh, on your bike every day and uh, go out in the traffic and um yeah because you're like the you're the weak person in in, in traffic the car won't be harmed a lot if it hits you, but you will be harmed a lot if the car hits you. So, yeah. um, I yeah. It, during that time when it when that happened, I had had yeah big issues to go to the street, and I uh, preferred like off road sessions, even though I had to do my, do it with my, my with my road bike. Um, but I just had issues to to um, yeah, just like ride close to cars. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. something that I really like about swifting too. You do not have to to danger yourself, um, especially if you're doing like tough workouts uh, where you get where maybe go all out. Um, I mean, then you're not really into um, into what's happening around you. So it's maybe better to stay inside for for some workouts. Right, right. Yeah, makes sense. There are actually quite a group. I think there's a growing population, at least on the women's side, of cyclists who are only cycling indoors. We're only doing Zwift. Yeah. I'm seeing there more that more and more. So the reasons yeah. are safety, the reasons are the area where they live, um, not having a group to ride with, and if they have a mechanical, they're on your own they're on their own. All of those things. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's money. I mean, it's easy. It's just like I set up my Swift. I just like get get on a, a bib short. Um, I not have to think about is it warm, is it cold, is it whatever. It's just like all the same. Uh, yeah. And I know that I have like a good workout in like one and a half hours. So um, yeah, it's really yeah. it's really great. I think um, to to have that possibility and yeah. I really recognize the same thing as you say. A lot of my the cyclists I know from from the area I live, they do Swift like all the time, and they do like <laughs> one of them. Um, there was this uh, tw- twenty four hours uh, WeBR ride last week or two weeks ago, and he did like fifty out fifteen hours of uh, Swifting, and he wow. was like five hundred. Yeah. 500 kilometers on Swift. <laughs> so um, it seems like a lot of people are really into Swifting. So, yeah. Yeah. 
And I think it's great. I think it's great. It's mm-hmm. such a big community. Um, you get your ride on, you get your motivation, you have your races, you have your group rides. So it's really, really great just to uh, not feel alone as a as a cyclist because I had, like when I lived the last city that I lived in, I did a lot of my workouts on my own every every time riding riding alone. Um, and I think I would would have lost something like like Swift um, just to to have some somebody or have people to share my passion passion with um, because this is what you can really do on Swift. Right. I think. Exactly. Yes. So we have about two minutes left here. Um, perhaps one last question for you. What do you expect? Uh, it's going to be like with the Peloton. What do you think is going to be their their reactions? Do you think do you expect any uh, um, I don't know? Are they going to be a little bit suspicious, wary, or are they going to be welcoming? From what you've seen, and again, you're not the first one; you're the second one. So, what yeah. how do you think that's going to be? Um, well, I I am kind of uh, scared a little bit that it might be strange getting in, into the peloton as like the new one and the Swifty. But um, yes, this or like last weekend on, on Saturday, I did the uh, track nationals and I met some, some girls that I know from, from road racing and that um, some of them are um, in UCI um, teams too. And they were just like congrats and they were just like very happy for me and just like, um, yeah, I was really, really happy about their reaction because I, I was sort of scared to get there now that everybody knows I'm, I'm on, on the Kenyans run team. And everybody was just like welcoming me, um, telling me congratulations, uh, asking me how it worked out, how I did that, um, how my last month were, what I'm looking forward to. So they, re- they really, yeah, just like were nice about it. So, um, that took took a little, lot of my fear from me, um, just like meeting some of the girls last last Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, Tanya, I am so excited for you. I know that a lot of the ladies in Zwift are super, super excited for you too. So we will be looking forward to uh, following your story and your races along with Leah. I would like yeah, to I thank you. Yeah, I keep yeah? you updated. I hope, I hope not to disappoint anyone. Uh, I'll give my very best. Um, so, yeah, thanks for for following um, and um, for having me today. I really, really appreciate you coming in and talking to us. Thank you so much, yeah, sure, and best sure. of luck to you. Thank you.